1: Hi everybody, Andrew Gormley, CEO of Classic Flyers here. If you're interested in Classic Aviation and you want to get up close and personal to old aircraft and see some of New Zealand's aviation history, come across the Classic Flyers. Jean Batten Drive, Mount Maunganui, right on the edge of the airport. You can go for flights in old airplanes like Boeing Stearmans and Harvards. There's lots to see. Kids' parties happening here all the time. We have functions and function rooms, business meetings, and a great cafe with excellent coffee. If you'd like to be involved with Classic Flyers, we also have the volunteer groups who do all things from helping out with function work or just on the main hangar floor with visitors and guests or birthday parties, right through to engineers who get involved in restoring some of our wonderful old aircraft assets. Currently at the moment, we've got a Grumman Avenger being restored and a de Havilland single-seat FB5 Vampire. These things are all part of New Zealand's aviation history. It's a great place, and it's in a good location. Come and have a visit. Check out the website on www.classicflyersnz.com. Extended.
0: Hi, this is Peter Johnson from aerospace radio station Extended, and we bring you some of Europe's best guests.
2: He's, he's been something of, of an unsung hero of the American space programme, outside those who have made it their business to become aficionados of it.
0: News. Some people will call you mad, some people will call you heroes, uh, uh, and everyone else is probably somewhere in that spectrum. It's uh, it's an amazing project to, to pull together from literally from scratch.
2: And views. You've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and learn from that experience. And that's not an easy thing to do, Peter, learning from your own failure.
0: So why not give us a listen? If you want to hear about warbirds, aviation, and the aerospace industry, come over and give us a visit. Aviation-extended.co.uk And remember, there's no E at the beginning of Extended. 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 <laughs> Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand Show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand Show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. In this episode, I accompanied Gary Maguire to go and visit his mate, Cliff Taylor, who was a World War II veteran and also worked at the Rongotai de Havilland factory during World War II. We start off at Cliff's place where we had a quick chat before we jumped in a car and went up a hill overlooking Pukekohe. Where we had a picnic and continued the interview. So here's Cliff as we start off in his home.
3: Yeah, that's a pop person on one of the farms. And in the tiger moth, the passenger sits, the, um, the pilot sits on the back seat. And who sits on the front seat? Sack fertilizer. Fertilizer. <laughs> and if you take the place of a sack of fertilizer, what have you got to hang on to? Not much. Nothing. <laughs> and this guy did a loop the loop with me in that, oh, they were twins. They both fl- flew the planes and this one would, as the other one was taken off the strip on that with a full load, he'd come down and dive by him. They died eventually.
0: What were their names?
3: I oh, know, they were twins. Twin
2: pilots, whereabouts?
3: Um, well I was on a ship station out at Hastings.
2: Hmm.
3: So he'd be around that, no, I had no master than Ray. Oh, okay. he was, the Ebers, the, the brothers did all their top dressing in Tiger Moss before they went into uh, Beaver, was it? Yep. Cabin plane? Yep. I was taken up on the maiden trip on that. Well, we all were up around, but um, that sort of revolutionised the top area of top dressing, yep. bigger load. Yep. But they had loaded it a different way. And, are you a flyer uh
0: no i'm just an enthusiast and uh, i was in the air force myself but i wasn't a
3: pilot. Oh, i feel sorry then i'm an enthusiast for staying on the ground now yeah really? no, my uncle was a um a test pilot oh okay um he was the most badly burnt man to ever survive an air crash this be before the war oh, what was his name lou taylor
0: Yep, I know who
3: you're
0: talking about. He had a Come place around,
3: um, around the bays, go um, past, da- no not as far as Days Bay, you go over the bridge from you start
2: going
3: around the bays, and the first one that was occupied with the wharf I think had some houses and He had a house in there. Okay. Because, um, See the his-
2: photos here? It's this cliff running in the 1950 50. Empire Games at Eden Park. Wow. That's impressive. You won a bronze medal, was or silver yep. medal? Yeah, Yeah, um, bronze. Mm. Third. At Eden Park before the Second World War. Well, but 19- better no, still no, the, was Better still is the rowing, so.
3: though. i got world records. Mm.
2: Nice, <laughs> car racing
3: I um, gave up racing cars and when i was seventy five not because it was dangerous too expensive <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's life hmm. um, now I used to race that red car there yep. well now the two photos around there, but one's the Lotus and one's a sixteen hundred e g t okay.
2: yeah right. Back to your box of airplanes.
3: <laughs> During the war, going that further back there, this is a, this is a photocopy of the card they used to <clears throat> get the troops to send away.
2: I've got Cliff's war medals because he was going to sell them for a hundred bucks, and I said no, you're not. so I gave him a hundred bucks to protect his war medals, right. thing, and I'm sitting on them for. A I don't his, want the bloody things. Medals.
3: Um. There's another copy. You can have that one. Oh, And there's planes lined up on the Rotorua airstrip. You yeah, see, so I just photocopied all these.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Not during the war, of course. But I lost a, a wallet in Queen Street. And uh, I had photos of actually bombs exp- at the moment they exploded in the middle of a um, volcano didn't quite a canal, one. Really? Yeah, no, we weren't often called a canal, but uh, Buka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the, the big um, crater there. it. I had a photo of the bomb actually exploding. Okay. I took it. Because although I was in the Air Force and the Army, I was an um, armourer. Okay, yeah. And Kiwis were taught to, when you take it, when the plane lands and you got to clean it, the the um, machine guns, the Yanks just the cleaning rod, that was clean to go back to fight. Mm. Uh, the Kiwis dismantled everything and put it all back after they had a, another one shot at it and so the, um, the Kiwis were sought after by the Yanks to clean their guns. <laughs> Um, money was changed hands. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, whereabouts were you born? to North. And um, what date? 1923, December. Okay. I'm afraid there's not much left about aeroplanes.
2: oh
3: Because, um...
2: Oh, should we go to lunch? Up on
0: the hill and then ran yeah. Right, let's go. Yep, OK. The three of us headed up the hill. And when we got up there, Cliff elaborated on the story of his uncle Lou Taylor's air crash before World War Two.
3: Well, something happened to the grand, um, uncle had a um, passenger in the car this particular day. And um, the engine failed and they came over a school, which the ground was empty. But hey, airplane, kids come rushing out. Mm -hmm. They didn't see airplanes that low. Not those days before the war. So here's the ground, plenty of room for Uncle to to land the damn thing, but with all the kids, he couldn't land, he couldn't take a risk. So he turned round, but he'd lost so much height and speed that he slammed right into a a house on the side of the hill. Well, it caught fire, but nobody in the house, luckily, I don't think. But his passenger got out with barely a a burn. But uncle had his whole face was burnt. He was classed then as the most badly burnt man ever survived an air crash. This was before the war, probably during the war, there were worse ones. But when he came back from England on one trip, he had pieces of skin from there to there, holding his face together, wow. about three pieces over his eyes. And he had 36 operations in England, and during operations he was parachute jumping. Really? Holy smokes!
0: So if, if he went to England to have the operations, mm. were, were they doing it at um, East Grinstead? The Was it the um, guinea pig guys?
3: I wouldn't know, it was just England.
0: Yeah they were sort of the world leaders you know even just before the war uh, of you know facial
3: reconstruction and well 1950 i went to the empire games after the games about 1951 or into that year somebody rang me up and asked me if i'd be interested in going to olympic games well i was 27 but I barely knew what Olympic came to us. I said, uh, whereabouts? Helsinki. Well, I don't know where Helsinki is not I certain word <laughs> But anyway, they told me it was in um, wherever it was. And I said that uh, I was down Hamner Springs at the time. I had one wife and two young children. Now, because I worked at the hospital, The hospital could want or two carpenters, but they had to pay them labour's wages. Because they already had a carpenter, they only had one carpenter. Anyway, um, I said, okay, how do I get there? Helsinki, outside the world. Well, they can take a boat, or we can fly. I said, oh great, flying sounds good. Who pays? What do you do? 1952 was amateurs year. So, they haven't got that sort of money. Well, how do you get into um, cross cross Christchurch from Hamner to um, uh, race every week or every two weeks? I said, hitchhike. It's only 86 miles. Get out there for fun. So, that was okay. Um, You can't hitchhike to Helsinki. But, Mr. Taylor, would you be prepared to um, pace a guy around the over three miles, so they he can qualify to go. I said, yeah, okay. Who is it? He said, George Hoskins. I said, mate the mind Yeah, I'll, I'll pace him around. He won the uh, junior cross country title in 1945, I think, at Auckland. And I got 21st that year. That was the first time I'd run. And I'd been messaged the night before by some old gentleman. I couldn't walk, and the guy that shared the room with me, he'd been massaged too, and he couldn't walk either. I got 21st, so in the following year, I went to um, Christchurch to run the Nas- uh, New Zealand cross country, and of course I run barefooted, and if I was running here I'd run up B-footed, no problem. And um, the poor manager of the... Um, the team. He was dead keen to um, do things his way. Well, he said, Friday night we all get an early night. Yep. I said, what for? Well, you're racing Saturday. I said, what's the night got?" <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, "He won't be with that lady from the cookhouse. And we sat in a chair outside her room. But they had a cat walk along the outside. So we joined each other outside there. They'd had to do. But um, Saturday morning we went up to the hill above Christchurch. I don't remember the name of it, but one for a good view of Christchurch. Well-known. So the whole team went up there. Port Hills? Yeah, it must be Port Hills, eh? Or Cashmere Hills? So Cashmere. You've got no memory, but Mum just said the name. You said Port Hill, Ma- Cashmere. Mm. I know. So um, we had a, um, a walk around there. and um, enjoyed ourselves, went home, back to the hotel and we had a light lunch. Too light for me so I went down and bought 12, um, sausage, um, 12 sausage roll type things. Anyway, I arrived at the bus, stop had to hold the bus up for them because I'd broken off to get this food. What are you going to do with that? i can to eat it. You can't yeah. eat those all dough stuff, you know, before you run. I said, why not? I said, not going to affect my feet. At any rate, I at some of the other team members on the bus. No, no, no. <laughs> so I ate some cream buns or something, whatever it was, going out to the Machu race racecourse in Christchurch. And uh, we had a bit of a jog. We had <coughs> warm-up. And um, they said, well, you're not going to run barefooted. I said, why not? I won the and Cross be barefooted. Why should I change the No, you don't run barefooted. He said, OK, so I joined the queue at the front. Gun went off. I just went down. I took my shoes off sands, and I ran. <laughs> well, I won. And uh, George, who got second on the boat going down, he was that fit. He was gonna knock the top of the world you know. A young guy, first time out as a senior. And um, you can imagine the race course, you know where a finishing line is from that corner to the, it's a long stretch. Well, cameras here where I was finishing. So halfway across the race track from one side to the other was George in the middle. He got second, that far back. I'm still barefooted. <clears throat> so, so you won it. Yeah.
0: So you stopped and took your shoes off, then ran the race, and you won it. That is very
3: impressive. Well, didn't take long to take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> then went tied off. <clears throat> no, so we had a um, we had a good night there. When I was seventy-five, might be warming up down there.
0: So did you run barefooted at, at, at the um, Empire, Empire Games? Empire Games, How come they made such a big fuss of Zola Bud if you were already doing it
3: years before? But that was a South African girl. Mm. The miler. Yeah. Disgusting, wasn't it? Yeah. But didn't she run barefoot on the finish? I think
0: she did. Yeah, I think they, I don't think they did. I'll wait till you've finished your bun and then I'll start firing some questions
2: at you. Might be dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll start questioning them now. Look at that, what? speed him up.
3: <laughs>
0: you were going to say
3: before, uh, did you grow up in uh, Palmy? No, stayed there for four years. Then we went through to um, Wellington. Because my poor father worked for his father, who was um, one spurt merchant in St. Courtney Place, Wellington.
0: Okay.
3: You know you Wellington? Know oh, vaguely. I've been there a few times. Well, I can remember when beer used to come in great big barrels to the wharf from Dunedin Spates. was never bottled in North Island. My granddad did all that. He'd go down with the horse and carts and get these big barrels of rabbit fish and come up and um, put them in the factory. And I don't know how that would have done, but they'd come out in bottles. Okay. And then um, one week, the truck would, full of bottles, would go up to uh, Whanganui, that side, and drop bottles off to the different pubs. And then the next week, it was um, Napier side. And we were never allowed in a pub. Right. Uh, that me and my brother would, or my sister would, would sit in the car outside, and they'd bring out a glass of lemonade.
1: Okay.
0: Never beer. So, what part of Wellington were you living in? Lower Hap. Okay. So you're quite far away from where all the aviation was going on. So, how did you end up at Ro- uh, Rongotai?
3: Well, my parents wanted me to be an aeronautical engineer. I couldn't spell, I can't add, I can't subtract. What the hell do they want to make me an aeronautical engineer? I went to night school two nights a week in Wellington. So I'd go to work at long time, get a tram into Wellington, and then I'd go up to the night school and um, and um, when that was finished I'd um, run in from there to the railway station of Wellington catch the train home and then run from the Woburn station to uh, where I live. I love the running. That's a bloody long way to run from Wrongatai to the station. And I'd get a tram into into, into town. Oh, okay. yep. I'd run from Rongotai when they dropped me off. In the morning I'd run across the airstrip. But um, I didn't know what Harriers were those days as a kid. But they used to use paper. And to get it over a river they'd have the shreds of paper tied to a string. And they'd walk over the bridge and then they one each side hold the string of paper laid across from the poor suckers to come along about they to jump in the water and, and paddle across or swim across and uh, for a bit of fun i used to wait till the, the main lane the trail was out of sight and me and my money me, my mate would get the string we'd walk along to river deep <laughs> and the poor lady how <laughs> coming come they jump in the sit set for the water <laughs>
0: Where did you start uh, with the Havilands? It opened there in 1940 didn't it? About 1940 yeah. yeah. So were you there from the beginning?
3: Well they hadn't made any planes by then but yeah. they only the part I was doing uh, was concerned mainly with the wings and the tail where the, the wings they they had a jig you put the uh, timber in and then bent it over mm-hmm. to shape I think <coughs> Wet at all. I can't remember the details, but we used to bend it to shape and glue it all up. And then, when the ribs were all set, the girls would be over there, and that that assembled onto the the main part of the wing. And they would stretch the material over. And of course, then they'd brush the dope on. When the dope would dry, that meant the material on the wings was really tight. And um, and that slammed onto the side of the plate. Great. But see, De Havilland took all the experienced men from England, <coughs> and they were all the foremen and big bosses and that. Um, no real Kiwis had an important job at that time. Okay. That was my memory of it. Yep. But, but, um, so, who was the overall
0: boss of the, the factory or, or the New Zealand company at that stage?
3: In Port of England, so he was British. He's yep. All the um, positions of, of importance were British. Yep. They might have um, got some New Zealanders afterwards, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, as they built up experience and stuff. Yeah, when they get the experience. Yeah, but they brought all experienced men over, but um, they ran a British idea, you see. And, of course, I was 16, I was a little snotty-nosed kid, and you stop over there, mate. <coughs> but I used to go to the snipe school, learning to be an aeronautical engineer. Very hard when you can't spell, you can't add, you can't subtract. Um, what did I from Dyslexia. dyslexia? Never any good at school. I wasn't a slight bit interested either. I was more interested in climbing trees and get the bird bird eggs. Yeah. We'd drop the whole nest down, and my brother would catch them, and then we'd take the eggs home, and my Mum would break them and cook them for us. Sparrow eggs, and whatever we could get them up.
0: So, what else was happening at Rongatoi at that time? Uh, that you were working there. Was was there much Air Force activity?
3: No, yes. I thought it was a fully occupied, you know, airport. But my memories are mostly running down the edge of it. But there were definitely planes taken off from landing there.
0: Because I know that um, number 42 squadron was based there with, a whole array of different aircraft that mm-hmm. were for transport and communications <coughs> and that sort of thing. Um, I think they formed in 1941 or 42, but before that they were the same unit but smaller, so they yeah. weren't, a, weren't a squadron, they were just a flight. Um, right right from the beginning of the war I think, so you probably would have seen them coming and going.
3: And yeah, but I thought up with the aeroplanes coming and going. But been, you know, they I wasn't the sort of guy to take oh it's just a plane. Yeah. Another bloody noisy bloody plane. <laughs> yeah. But Uncle used to take nothing. I handled the controls a few times. But here have he'd have charge. You know. eventually went back to flying during the war, didn't he, At the, near the end of the war that he's flying again? That I have no recollection of. Right. I do know that he was in England getting it repaired, and then I...
0: Uh, <coughs> I know he was a very well respected pilot, and mm. a. um, uh, yeah, I think, um, he, he definitely went back to work, but I'm not sure if he was flying. I'd have to check on that because I may be getting confused with someone else. Well, his
3: passenger wasn't burnt. He, he, Amazing, he, eh? He, well, he got a bit hot in places, but um, yeah. he was thrown more or less clear. And there was nobody occupied the house at the time.
2: Well, that's lucky.
3: Not for my memory, but, but you see, I wouldn't have read a, a newspaper about it. It's,
0: People were working at De Havilland's when you were there. Was no, that I wouldn't know. Did it seem like a fairly big place? Though,
3: it or? seemed like fairly big, but they—I do remember—they had pommy advisors or managers in every department. Yeah, there was a pommy in charge. Okay. And a lot of the keepers didn't like it. Were they very unionised, sort of that kind of pommy industry? Be. Sorry. I mean, I—I had no knowledge of that, but I would—I would say they would be. Uh, but uh, I do remember the the guys that I used to get on with. They, you know, all their bloody bosses that from me. Said, Are you getting that? Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> well, you hear worse on that than TV.
0: <laughs> you were telling me earlier you don't swear.
3: <laughs> oh, that's an expression.
0: Yeah, exactly. uh, I know that uh, as the war developed. Uh, started doing other stuff as well, like repairing Oxfords and repeats and various things like that.
3: Um, <coughs> was that happening while you were there? Not there, no, no, because, um, I left, I went up to Wairu in the Army. Yeah. Then I came out, and uh, all I wanted to do was get overseas. I didn't give a stuff how I got over, but I got slammed into the Air Force. Okay. Well, that was no good to me because my mother, mother my uncle, was um, the head man in, uh, out of Nelson there with the Air Force. And that's where I landed. He got me pulled over there. He evidently told Mum that uh, he'd said that I wasn't sent overseas. Oh, right. <laughs> My older brother went overseas, but he went to Fide. Okay. He had four bloody years in F.D. Wow. You don't get a choice of where you go to. It's a war on. Towards the finish, he went to Guadalcanal, painted there, but he only did about five months before the war finished. Well, therefore, was not a returned serving soldier. Oh, that sucks. Now, I had um, about 18 months, two years, um, where the guns were flying, the bullets were flying, and that. Yep. So, I'm a glorified, bloody soldier. Now, one land. One island we went to, I know, it was a horseshoe shape. And in the middle was an atoll, which was an anti-aircraft battery based on that the Japs had. And over the end, end of the part of the horseshoe shape was a big cliff. And you, we, the third div lost 17 troops taking that island. Two thousand of the Japs dropped over, jumped over the cliff. a rid of the Harry <laughs> I went down there, we we lived in So was that a Green Island? A Green Island, yeah. Hey! I I, I haven't mentioned Green Island before, have I? No, you're right. Yeah, thanks, because I'd begin to believe that I had the right name wrong, because there's about a dozen Green Islands in the Pacific.
0: Yep. (laughs) It also has another name as well, which, um, well, the group, there's a group name, the island group, uh,
3: I can't remember it. <laughs> well, we could see um, um, Buka. Yep, the Buka. We could see another island in the distance, <laughs> and that's where we went at the end of the war. We didn't know it was going to be at the end. <laughs> and there were, I think it was, either 400 or 4,000 New Zealand, it probably 4,000 I like think We were waiting at the bottom, yep. and, uh, we had a rifle with half of us rounds of ammunition each. <laughs> the Yanks had a lot, but they wouldn't be able to hit the car from here. Right. They, they, were, they were bloody terrible. But we're, we were taken by boat and rowed across to the bottom. And we are in the Jack and, I, jack, and jack Bay. And Well, up on top were 80,000 Japs. There were 4,000 Kiwis and then some Yanks and some Aussies. And then we were, I I suppose, on another day, we would have gone up and been shot. But the war ended. Oh, right. Somebody had dropped the bomb. And then we got by boat and um, rode back. I mean, we were rode back to the um, boat and we were. uh, or well, the ship, and the ship went into. We unloaded the Gorda Canal, and um, then waiting there. Um, when you went to board a plane, you all went in alphabetical order. Well, my name's Taylor, so I might at the end of it. I'm waiting in the line to board a plane, and I, I'm the last one in the l- line. And I'm going to go home, I'm going to go home. Tap on the shoulders of one pipsqueak officer. Side I'm taking your place. I'm an officer. Now, said, be my bloody guess? He <laughs> jumped on the plane. The plane took off. I don't know where it is, and you don't either. Is that the one that vanished? It's the one that vanished. My parents got a, a telegram to say that I was believed dead, missing in action. Wow. But his dad came down to get some groceries at the local shop. This is about three months later. I'd been through the Papakura military camp, being Um, all ready for civil life and um, I got a, I don't know how I got there, I got to the, we were four miles out of Clowonga Township and I'm walking up the road, loose metal road and there's the old man coming down on his push bike and I said, G'day Daph, and he fell off, cut his arms and maybe his feet and knees and everything else, you know, in the loose metal, You, you, you're dead. He had a telegram saying it. Wow! I was hang on to it. I said I'll tell you a big story. Well, it, first he didn't believe me. But I was nice no, too. An officer took my place. He volunteered to die for me. Wow! <laughs> yeah, good on you. <coughs> That's and, incredible. Uh, so he died. And now the island we used to go to from Guadalcanal to this island. It's an Aussie-owned island. Then into Auckland, uh, I can't remember the name, but would it be Norfolk? Norfolk, yep. yeah. Yeah. Right, yep. Uh, see, my memory's okay. If you if you if you mentioned eight names with Norfolk in the men, memory middle, I would know it. Yeah, it clicks over. Yep. But no, Norfolk Island. And um,
2: <coughs> Cliff lied about his age too to go over. It, you were What's that? You said you lied, lied about your age to get into the army. Yeah. So did you
3: volunteer for the army? Yeah. Okay. I volunteered, no, I volunteered for the Navy at first. Okay. And somehow I got on the train with no money and went up to Auckland from Wellington. And I got to the Navy base. I mean, there was no harbour bridge. And um, they asked me for my parents' permission. (laughs) They don't know where I am. I'd run away from home two or three times, <laughs> but um, so they packed me on a train and sent me back. It cost me nothing in train fares, but um, then I went back to the uh, to the land, working as a shepherd. And uh, they gave me a rifle because we'd ride along the beach on the hills at um, um, well, the well, east coast and we'd be spots for any un- unusual uh, boats. Nothing ever happened, but we got an army rifle across our backs that they used to hurt. you put one across your back and get on the horse. But no, you know, see, that island, I can't remember now, you just said, not Norfolk Island. Yeah. yeah, that's the, um, it's still a Nazi territory, isn't it? Yeah, there's... So you you ended up in the army.
0: And you're at were you in infantry or what were you doing there? Turn that off. <laughs> when I turned the recorder off, Cliff admitted that the army had put him into the band. We had a good laugh and then I convinced him to let me continue and turn the recorder back on. <laughs> you know what happens when they put you in the band in the army when they send you into action you're the stretcher bearers the band were always the stretcher is bearers right? yep so you had no weapons and you had to run up the front and pick up all the runners run yeah run out the that's front. one of the worst things to be in, in the army Shit. <laughs>
3: is that, right? is that yeah. why I put on the band
0: yeah <laughs> they obviously didn't like you <laughs>
3: fast runner. I remember getting these sheets of paper that blum, 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 written down and They got rid of me. Yeah, well, my uncle got me into the Air Force, then I went back in the Army. Sorry, what got, <coughs> got you to the Air Force? My uncle. <coughs> oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. He was trying to work hard for my mother to prevent <coughs> me from going overseas and being killed. Yeah. I'm trying to work hard to get over bloody seas. Hope it chance of the bullet. The only thing I shot was a poor bloody... You, you fish. It's a stingray. What's this, His cousin without a sting? Mandaray. Mandaray. I shot one of them. Mm-hmm. The damn thing went up in the air, and I come up with that automatic Yankee rifle. Stood six shots. I remember that the rest of my bloody life. I regretted it. Yeah. I mean, it was done on the spur of the moment. <laughs> Something went out of the water, and I know it's pulled the trigger. Right anything I killed you on the wall
0: <laughs> so when you went over to the air force what trade did you become what was your air force trade
3: they put me in the fucking
2: church. cookhouse <laughs> made drums <laughs> cookhouse. <laughs> in the de factory I used to
3: make porridge and a big steel bath <laughs>
2: really okay Mum must have been on the phone to them, I'd say.
0: It's yeah. crazy, the fact that you'd already been working in an aircraft factory and studying aeronautics, <laughs> and they put you in the air force and made you a cook.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. His mother must have had, a, had something to do
0: with that. So. It must be. Yeah. When you went up into the islands, and you were still a cook up there? Um, no, I don't know what the hell i No, we, were you a... Uh, um, like a general service hand type, what do they call them? Um, like there was the, the trade where you could be put into all sorts yeah. of different... Yeah, yeah um.
3: I was spent most of the time uh, cleaning machine guns. Right. As an armourer. Right. But when I tried to get the badge in the first place, the girl at the RSA here tried to find out exactly what I'd been doing, she couldn't find much at all. Okay. Except I'd have been overseas, but, um, no, um... So, w-
0: what sort of aircraft were you working with? W- were you on bombers or fighters? Ventures. Venturers, okay. <laughs> you must have been on one of the servicing units. Do you remember which servicing unit it was? Or? I wouldn't have a clue. No. Uh, <clears throat> um... What what else do you
3: remember from up there? What, what sort I of remember the Yank having me working on the planes because we cleaned the guns. Yep. And their guys just in and out. Um. Our guys used to go down to the uh, Yank dump and pick up the plane parts. We locations, we, we used them. Uh, I remember going down on a jeep one night. And um, they took up the term of where the brake was. They showed me how to start it on <laughs> the rolling down the hill. But we had a pinch the tube from outside the sergeant. Filled <laughs> it up with some um, iced coffee
2: yeah.
3: and take it down to the airstrips of the guys working there. And somebody yelled out, Halt. And uh, I said, HOW! <laughs> <laughs> and my bullet went through the buddy. Um, not the plastic, well um, the windows are made of perspex. bits. That no, plastic wasn't invented then. A type of material anyway. Yeah. And went through through the windscreen. And I just jumped on everybody thing. <laughs> I enjoyed the coffee. But um, no wish to unload our um bodies with uh, we'd go to the, the yanks would have a um on green island they, they had a yanks had a, a place at the other end of the island from us and you could go there we'd be taken in our um, like, truckloads and for the um bob hope shows oh yep, yep. yeah um I watched the poor bugger get up and dance with a girl on the Bob Hope show. And of course, there's some of these buggers, they, they hadn't seen a girl, let alone touch one for two or three years. Yeah. And they was just discoloured in the front of me lost <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They only had a pair of underpants. They, they were shorts. Yeah. Made of cotton. They concealed virtually you nothing know, so hot. Whoever was, we, we'd pinch a, pinch a uh, car, three or four of us, but whoever was caught, when when the group were caught, whoever was driving took the blame, the other yeah. two passengers. Well, I came one night, we came up this bloody hill, and uh, unbeknown to me, the, this Yankee camp had poured oil all over the road to stop the dust coming up, because the road ran through the camp. And up, we land on this oil and skidded. And one poor guy was just having a sitting on a <coughs> a board having a crap. And we hit his building and he landed up in the shit. <laughs> one of the, the two brothers was in the car with me broke his leg. So the other brother stayed with him, I ran. But I had to take the blame because I was the driver. So um I got a month doing hard labour and hard labour the coal settles that hard but with a crowbar, you'd have all your job trying to dig a hole with a big, heavy crowbar. And I got that bloody fit working in the heat because you're a prisoner, you did yeah. that not being nice. Yeah. And uh, when I went back, I could lift a bucket of this crap up like that before I went in and take turvers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, I don't know what happened.
0: So when you were doing that in hard labour, who was in charge of you? Was it American MPs or was it police? Oh no, the
3: same. No, no, I was in a uh, shed by myself, um, the canvas sides, and they had a gap about that from the top to the, the roof. I'd just climb up and over and go about my business during the night. Was, nobody knew I was missing. <laughs> but um, oh, there's a group of us would go out and wander around. And, um, now our guys were in charge, but uh, we were treated pretty lenient, I mean we weren't bloody big hardened criminals, yeah. everybody was borrowing a, a jeep to go to the other end of the island, Mr. the Yanks on Green Island had an open air picture show, and they had the Bob Hope Show, and um, what do they call those shows? Uh, uh, U.S.O. U.S.O. Yeah, USO shows and uh, they, they were good, but then when the war finished, we were all loaded back to, um, to um, Corder Canal and then we were very subdued there and we'd never heard of the uh, atomic bomb until then, but when the Japs, I mean the axe dropped it, Gaps gave up very quick. The worst thing the Yanks ever did Bloody Lady I, I think, you know, I, I think it's a terrible way to die. I can still see picture of that girl running down the road. It had blown all the clothes off and burned her body. Remember that picture on, on TV? That that girl went on to, uh, she recovered, and went to the speech is uh, speaking about the, the they fixed. That was true wasn't it? I believe so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No it's
0: I think she became a professor or something didn't she?
3: She came something other, think yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think she might have even gone and lived to the I think she lives in the States or went and lived there or something.
3: Yep. Yeah. That would be
0: right. A lot of noisy buggers down there aren't they
3: mm. These cars? There's my cars in my partial. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no
3: it's um that the Japs have had nothing but trouble with that atomic stuff mm. that factory exploded in a little while ago yeah well, the, with the, um,
0: the big tidal wave after the earthquake mm. took out there
3: yeah. yeah that's that's a mess there now um. oh well I'm not sorry I'm my age I won't be alive Nobody will see anymore I'm farting around like You know, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it's getting worse, eh? I mean, we're killing off people so quick.
0: Did you ever see any, um, planes crash or, um, have accidents on the strip, that sort of thing?
3: No, saw a plane nosedive into the ground. Really? didn't even dent it coral. What? The airstrip was, they'd put coral down, they'd have trucks pulling the well, rollers, just rolling it flat, rolling it flat all the time. And that's one of the things I do remember, a plane landing nose first, and they dragged it away, there was nothing in the dent, there wasn't a hole in the ground. See, that, that would be like on a 20-foot slab of muddy cement. Yeah. I didn't actually see the plane hitting, I remember hearing it, it a bang and we rushed over to the, to the airstrip to see what had happened and they are busy cutting it away the passenger was dead, I mean, pilot was dead, yeah. you wouldn't survive a,
0: a nosedive than that was it one of ours or an American?
3: Yank. Yeah. Yeah. I as I can remember.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about um, life on Guadalcanal or Green Island um, when you're not working? What sort of things did you do to unwind or well, apart from, from going to the pictures and that?
3: There pictures. Do you swim much? Yes, swim a little bit. I got them to um, use one of the smaller landing craft, had a bit of speed, and tow an object tied on water like a door. Yep. And it'll be tied to the back of the boat. some of the doers had um, holes in them and they'd put pieces of tin over and when you put a nail through a tin and pull the nail out, it leaves a little jacket thing. Well I was lying on this particular one and a big been cut around my chest and the blood was attracting the nasty ones of the sharks and oh, no. um, I couldn't make it out, I didn't know that, they were yelling to something other to me and um, two of the guys were um, shooting and I thought they were mucking around and trying to scare me they did scare me I didn't know about the sharks (laughs) but in they went straight to the beach and swung round so that the the door that I was on carried on onto the beach and there were three two or three big fellas there the blood (laughs) good fun
0: I've talked to a few um, ground crew who were up there and they used to make alcohol out of various things. Did you ever get involved in that? No.
3: Or did you see it? No, we got a bottle of beer for Christmas. And I'll say, sold, I'll sold mine to the Yanks. The Yanks gave me five bucks or ten bucks or something other for it. Yep. Because, um... I didn't drink. Of course, yeah. I never got involved in them. I got involved in it so much that um, my father used to make elderberry wine. And he used to drive up to um, towards Upper Hut mm-hmm. and they'd pick these elderberries, the berries, <coughs> and they would um, make the wine. And of course, the neighbours all knew. And this nasty neighbor said to me, the little greedy bugger, I'll give a shilling if you can get a bottle of elderberry wine for me. I said, how do we get that? Well, siphon it. I said, what's that? He said, you got a tube. And he said, well, suck on that till the wine comes out and put it into the bottle. I did. The wine was all over me. <laughs> when I'd sucked enough, I was, <laughs> <laughs> Dad come home and half his barrel was empty. I was covered in elderberry wine.
2: Learned to run again. <laughs> I think, I
3: think he'd have to wait for it to dry because before he set my pants on fire with smacking her with his strap. <laughs> got a hell of a hiding. But I was drunk as a skunk. <laughs> I do not know what happened to the neighbour. Because I'd have been, I'd have told him why I got it for him. I didn't tell her. <laughs> yeah. never been a big drinker. I went through a spasm, but it'd be about oh, 1965, I think, when I last had it, something to drink. <laughs> and I do not drink any alcohol whatsoever, no. but um, that's why I don't get invited to parties. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants a teetotaler at a party. Not unless you need a driver.
2: Yeah, actually.
3: (laughs) Let's get the (laughs) stage. Yeah, well, I drove taxis for about seven or eight years. I drove a few drunks home. And my young daughter drove taxis for about three hours one night. Picked up a few Bob. Stole his taxi. (laughs) I didn't know she'd stolen me bloody cab. (laughs) I didn't even know she could drive.
2: all the fears of pocketing.
3: <laughs> oh, I can tell you a few tricks on that we used to, I was at the Mangri and uh, we'd come into uh, Otahu, to where the rank was and there'd be about 30 people waiting for a taxi. Otara or Mangri. <laughs> and I said I'm going home to Mangri. Oh we'll come in so I'd get half a dozen people jammed into the taxi all with a separate fare. I'd get out there and then I'd fill up, put that money in my pocket and back to the same round. I'm going home! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go home six times. <laughs> Life is made to have fun, isn't it? Oh yes. <laughs> oh, well,
2: shall, we, shall we wrap it up? And i shifted just it just before you do. The photos of the heaven factory. Oh yeah. Oh. Do you recognise any of these, Cliff? I would say no without looking at them. The, the photos there. I can. So when you were making the wings and that, that, that's the, fact that the factory that you would have been yeah. working in. Do you remember, mm. does that bring back memories of being in the factory?
3: Oh yeah, I can remember that vaguely, but I can't remember what that was. Yeah,
2: because
3: Because where the girls put the uh, material went, they used to... And then, the,
2: then here. <laughs> so looking at the photographs here of the de Havilland factory, the, the three that, photos.
0: That photo there is not the de Havilland factory, that's the actual, um, that's the technical training school that the Air Force had. Nice. yes. Um, same buildings, yeah. Um, but it was another section. That's the factory.
2: That's the factory. <coughs> so if you pull that up, you can. Do you recognise any of the faces?
3: Oh no, I wouldn't know the faces. No. No. no, no, They were just people that I worked with. It's. Um, it's I know 80, where the girls worked was <laughs> in a separate room, and they would. I'd make the ribs. We called them. Yeah. For the wings, and they would put them on the actual. On the tux. Uh, On the. In the, with the jet gear and uh, they would stretch this material over and then they'd half a dozen of them would handle it down and they'd brush all
2: with this um, dope How long would it. it take them to make a make a wing? <laughs> oh. Days? A day? Several days? Or, or, or a tiger moth when they were working on the planes?
3: Well I never saw the planes being attached to them the, I mean the wings being attached to the planes, um, I only dealt with the ribs. Put them on the actual, um, um, what we used to call them? Jigs. Mm. I mean,
2: some, the, the, of the, some of the guys out at Ardmore are repairing aeroplanes yeah. now that that had been crashed yeah. or pranged or what have you with the, you getting hold of the spruce timber and, and the certain types of spruce that they bring in. So, i uh, just...
3: No, I wasn't there all that long anyway. I don't think I'd have done a year there. Because I got off for the business of having my uh, wages deducted. Uh, a penny a day, mm. um, because I couldn't get to work in time. <coughs> and these um, older guys encouraged me to, gave me the money to go into town and to go to the pictures, mm. and they were cover for me. Well, they did that a couple of times, but I, we got caught, and of course they, they are tradesmen. Mm. They mm. were all right, but I was just the boy. So. Uh, I was told to know in terms I didn't have a job anymore. <laughs> My parents were a little bit upset. I don't think they were surprised because one of, the, one of the jobs I had only lasted a day. I think I told you about the lift business. The DIC. The big shop called the DIC. Right. and um, I was a lift boy and you uh, had to just l- stop it exactly level you see mm. and this was about that far out and the lady said oh, boy it's not level yet well I had three goes at making it level and I said you can't fall over uh, can't step over it fall over it <laughs> well you don't speak to ladies like that so You're I was in with the manager and in no uncertain terms mm-hmm. and, uh, I them I'd had a job. It was a record I'd lasted a day and a half yeah. <laughs> there. Oh no. Mum and Dad's idea of jobs, and I don't know why. Another job I've I been, mean, I told you I can't spell. I was, the job I had was wrapping these things up in brown paper and printing the addresses where they went to, they were all Maori names. And I couldn't spell English, let alone Buddy Maori i got some of the names wrong, and, oh, I think I was there about three weeks, or three days. Now, my advice to parents is let the kids choose what they want to do, not try to make them do something that fits it. I mean, I've had difficulty spelling all my life. I, I still had trouble adding and subtracting. Um, Yeah, oh well, if
0: you guys are happy, I'm happy. Yeah. And I probably should mosey on. No, that's good. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Cliff. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.